As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. Uh, my name is Steve, and with me is a guy who hopes he gets extra credit for this. It's... It's Yehel. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Uh, I mean, I went to Beverly Hills, but I didn't see any tattooed teenage alien fighters there. I'm really confused. Oh, well, Steve, the tattoos are hidden until their their services are called upon. Right, right. Steve. Yeah, there's a very lengthy explanation for everything uh, coming up in the show that we are about to talk about. And that is the pilot episode of, hold on, let me see. <laughs> I'm going to keep time <laughs> as I say the name here. Uh, tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. That just took away like five seconds of my life, it, just saying the name. Rolls off, it rolls off the tongue mm -hmm. like meatballs made out of sandpaper. <laughs> it really rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Whoa, meatballs made out of sandpaper. Look out, J.D. Salinger. We've got a real writer over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man, maybe I should uh, pitch a new uh, tattooed teenage alien fighter from Beverly Hills uh, show, and because uh, clearly I've got the chops to write of at least uh, the same quality dialogue that we're gonna get to dive into. Yeah, today. I mean, I, I, the dialogue was definitely B movie uh, for sure. I would say possibly on purpose. I hope on purpose. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into it a, a little bit. Uh, further um had you ever even heard of this until we decided to do it as a uh, as an episode yeah wasn't it my idea i mean yeah. i mean prior to that like did you i mean did you remember it from back prior to me having the idea had i heard of it like uh since i willed it into existence uh yeah i've heard of it before uh, so you remember um, it from but... back in the 90s I remember, I never watched it, mm -hmm. but I vaguely remembered, like, I don't know, I guess seeing commercials for it or something. I, I Like, I knew it had aired on USA. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Good old USA. I, they are a constant source of, like, camp and weird stuff for this show. <laughs> yeah, it's so, and I never realized growing up how much absolute shit they were putting out for kids. I mean, so it's, I, you know, the jury, we still haven't made our, our, we haven't properly deliberated on this one, but I think everything else that we've watched that was aired on USA, or most of what we've covered that aired on USA, the Cartoon Express stuff has not been good. Well, I think we, uh, <laughs> we signed off on Savage Dragon, though. That was a Cartoon Express one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there, there were a couple things that were, that were okay, but I think most of the stuff... Oh, yeah, like, like I remember been... the Mortal Kombat animated series being terrible, the Street Fighter animated series being terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what was going on with uh, Cartoon Express towards the end there, but they were just sort of, uh, I don't know, shoveling a bunch of compost on this fire that was eventually about to uh, burn out. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I did about, um, I, I was reminded of the series by a video that Toy Galaxy, I think they go by Secret Galaxy now, made 
about the wait, show. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, they changed the name of Toy Galaxy? Yeah, because they don't just cover toys. Stuff. Oh, In fact, they, wow. They cover less toy stuff than ever. Mm. Uh, but they still do. Right. But uh, So now that it's called Secret Galaxy, although the channel name like on YouTube itself still, mm-hmm. still says Toy Galaxy, but they're going as Secret Galaxy. I don't know. I'm sure it's something like YouTube. If you change the name... Something it does something terrible to your analytics. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they'll. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine, or they'll be fine. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I met those guys at the uh, Connecticut convention I went to a few weeks back. Uh, really sweet guys. <laughs> sweet guys. So yeah, sweet guys. Way. We are in love. We are <laughs> in love. It's an odd way to describe another straight male that you meet, but hey, whatever. I'm not here to judge. Yeah, no, they were nice guys. They were sweet guys. Okay. <laughs> They were sweet to their fans. They were. Mm-hmm. Their kisses were sweet. They're not like here. Uh, we're supple. just uh, contentious. Um, to uh, yeah. yeah, we we hate our fans. And speaking of, bam, there it is. They um, <laughs> they they would have not made good. Well, maybe they would have made actually good. I cannot keep good sentinels is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the show, the fighters that they these teenagers turn into. Um, but then again, one of them is kind of like a scaredy cat. So. I guess maybe they would have. Maybe sweet guys would make good sense of it. Yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, look into tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills just a little bit further. <laughs> get that chat nice and ready for everyone to see themselves chatting in it <laughs> all right uh so tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills uh ran from 1994 to 1995 one season 40 episodes i 40 i episodes. would love to see how they keep this going for 40 episodes <laughs> <laughs> should we just turn this into a uh Tattooed Teenage uh, podcast now? Yeah, uh, fan cast, yeah. yeah. The, the next 39 episodes, we'll, we'll just cover each one. Sure, why not? And this uh, title, or this episode, is very aptly titled, In the Beginning. <laughs> Might as well be Once Upon a Beginning. Uh, yeah, uh, clearly what I, what I assume was a working title that they never uh, yeah. you know, came up with a better mm-hmm. one. It's uh, aired on USA Cartoon Express, October 3rd, 1994. Now, hell... Are you curious as to where uh, Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters, let's just call them Alien Fighters so we can uh, save save some time off our lives here, where the Alien Fighters fit into the Power Rangers rip-off universe? I don't know where they fit in, Steve, but I but I believe you have done uh, the research. Uh, oh yeah, and, and not in the Facebook boomer. I did my research <laughs> kind of way. You actually did uh, some real research and figured it out. Oh no, I went to some real left wing dark web kind of sites to figure this out. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the liberals love this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a very diverse cast, uh, but not really. Uh, is it? Well, not really. Uh, I mean, you you got just... one, uh, you know, African American guy and one girl who could be Hispanic. Uh, at least her, the stunt person who no, plays her she's... obviously is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I wouldn't say obviously because we can't really. Like, right. We don't really know. See a bunch of her. Yeah. She's very tan. Yes. Though, yeah. She's been. T- but she's. She's wearing a wig too, though mm-hmm. the the stunt person that plays her. So was, I, I don't. I'm just gonna know. assume that it was China, and 
Yeah. But, uh, but uh, okay, so Power Rangers aired August 28th, 1993. Obviously, it was a huge success, and so we already covered VR Troopers, which they immediately followed up Power Rangers with, uh, which aired September 3rd, 1994, so that was just one year later. And then coming up the rear is the big old Deke. <laughs> and uh, they had not <laughs> one... Uh, so Deke, obviously, they produced... Um, the show we're talking about right now, uh, the Alien Fighters, but then they also produced right. uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, which uh, premiered September twelfth, nineteen ninety four, and then followed immediately by uh, by this show. And then after that was the Mass Rider, which was uh, September sixteenth, nineteen ninety five, and then the very last one that I could find was Big Bag Beetleborgs in September seventh of nineteen ninety six. So. The alien fighters are kind of right in the middle. And it was weird because I thought to myself, I was like, surely the alien fighters has to be like the last one because obviously the, the mm -hmm. dudes who created it, which we're about to get to, they were kind of, uh, you know, leaning into the camp as we're about to see. They, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're actually guys who got their start um, working on SCTV, which was like the Canadian version of uh, Saturday Night Live, basically. And uh, so, yeah, you could tell they were having like a, a good time. And I, I was thinking that they were going to be like the biker mice from Mars of these Power Rangers shows. Uh, okay. But okay. Uh, and maybe it was, but I just I didn't realize that like two more shows came after it. And uh, man, they just I guess they just couldn't stop writing that Power Ranger ripoff. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. train it, it, it was a real idea factory over there uh, <laughs> unfortunately uh the factory only turned out one idea well <laughs> just with a different coat of paint. well the thing i don't understand <laughs> is that all right so cyber squad and alien fighters are both deke shows like i would say cyber squad has like the same production value of all of the other power ranger ripoff stuff but as we've seen, Alien Fighters looks like a shot on video, like horror film, basically. Yeah, like like it looks like it's like shot on like almost like a high quality VHS camera. Yeah, it's like a Betacam uh, SP or something like that. And I've got a theory. Uh, let's hear it. I think because the, the video quality to me too seems particularly bad, or at least like, like it gets it's worse like a soap in the opera. fights. Yeah. And I think they did that to make it look like the, you know, the footage that the like Power Rangers and those shows would use from Japan. Because this show, unlike a lot of the other ones, they weren't reusing footage from a Japanese show, so they had to film their own. So, I think they kind of did that to make it look similar to the other shows that kids were used to, you know, see. Yeah, but it it's, it doesn't look as it looks like a couple steps below those. It looks like those those Japanese shows look like it was at least shot on I don't know like super 16 or something like that mm -hmm. uh and this looks like a couple steps uh below that and oh yeah i mean it's deke it's gonna be even cheaper right but why does <laughs> but all right so here's here's my theory and it's sort of coupled with i guess a theory from uh imdb uh where um the alien fighters they actually had a deal with one of those japanese shows that they were going to use you know they're basically going to use the fighting footage and then you know, arrange the, the narrative around that, but then the deal fell through. <laughs> so if you can imagine, they had to take their budget and basically spread it thin 
And uh, so, you know, instead of having that already prepared uh, Japanese footage, they have to now shoot their own, which means <laughs> they have to, like, then go for cheaper cameras, cheaper sets, cheaper costumes. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I could see that. But by the same token, it's Deke who is known for kind of, like, making, like, really low-budget uh, productions. Everything they do was really on the cheap. So I, I don't well, I don't. I think it was always going to look. Right. Well, all I'm saying is that the deal with Superhuman Samurai Squad went through, whereas this one did not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Maybe, see, I... Sorry, I, sh I should have been a little bit more um, specific. I think Deke just wouldn't have done the show. Um, oh, yeah, that's this, a sudden additional expense. That's a good point. Good point. That, that they didn't budget for, you know, because so I, I was like reading that they ended up making only 10 monster suits. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve, would you like to repeat how many episodes this series ran for? Uh, did I say uh, 40? <laughs> <laughs> Let me look. Right, so there's only 10 monsters and there are 40 wow. episodes. So not only that, but they only made three fighting spaces, three fighting arenas. So you're going to see those same areas that they're fighting in over and over again. You're going to see the monsters, mm. you know, several times repeated. Um, so, yeah, uh, very cheap, very cheap show. Indeed, and let's go into the cheap synopsis of this uh, cheap show. And it's even right here on the IMDb. Low-budget kid show with four alien fighters recruited by Nimbar. The four are Gordon, Lori, Drew, and Swinton, who fight to save the universe from evil Emperor Gorganus. And uh, this was created and written by uh, Jim Fisher and Jim Stahl. <laughs> they're collectively known as the Jims. And uh, they're truly outrageous. <laughs> Watch out. Uh, and they both, as I said, got their start writing for SCTV. Like a lot of big time uh, comedians came from there, like uh, uh, John Candy, a lot of just like classic comedic actors. And they're known for writing for Bobby's World. And, uh, and here's some we got to remember to add to the list after the show. Do you remember Danger Theater? No. I mean, it's basically like a Naked Gun style uh, action parody that came on Fox, I swear, for like maybe two, three episodes and was never heard from again. But I remember really? it showed up on YouTube or something and I was like, oh my God, it's Danger Theater. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll have to add that one. And here's another one that's also oh. a sort of action hero like cop parody, uh, Sledgehammer. Do you remember Sledgehammer? Oh, man, that actually does ring a bell, but I never watched He's got, like, a talking gun or something. It's so stupid. I think it'll be perfect for us. But uh, anyway, uh, this uh, pilot episode has two directors because, I mean, Whoa. I, yeah, I mean, Deke was really throwing money around, as you can see. Um, so the first director is Isaac Florentine, and he is actually... A sort of world-renowned action director. Uh, he's directed Power Rangers, WMAC Masters, which we need to add. Uh, yeah. A lot of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Adkins. He's like a really good like martial artist, so not too many people. Yeah, oh, yeah. so you do know him. So, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. He, uh, they directed the uh, Ninja 2 Shadow of a Tear uh, sequel and Undisputed 2. So Isaac Florentine is still working despite directing this show. I, I imagine he probably directed the uh the action sequences and this other guy again i couldn't find any act like yell and i didn't say that 
there's not very much information about alien fighters. Uh, so a lot of it, we just sort of have to uh, speculate. And I'm speculating that this other director, Brad Kreisberg, probably directed the, uh, you know, just the regular dialogue sequences and stuff. And he yeah, has uh, worked on the aforementioned uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, and then basically after that, he's done nothing but like reality TV. Martha and Snoop's Potluck Party Challenge and the Jersey Shore. Um, and wow. from what I wait, so why would the Jersey Shore need a writer, Steve? <laughs> it's a reality show. Because uh, take it from someone who's been on a reality show, they are all bullshit, one hundred percent. Wow. And uh, as we said, it's uh, produced by Deke Entertainment. Uh, Hell, why don't you tell us some of the thespians who are in front of the camera? Oh, I would love to, Steve. Uh, this, um, at least this episode, does not have a very large cast. So I will go over everyone. Um, we've got Leslie, excuse me, Leslie Dannon, mm -hmm. who plays uh, Laurie Foster, mm -hmm. um, who is also, hold on, I had it. Oh, wait, I had it on my phone. I can't remember which, um, which tattooed teenage yeah, thing she is. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, and I, sorry about that, guys. I actually had it up, and then I lost it. But anyways, I, I think she's the one that's, um, oh, I think I found it. Mm -hmm. She is Scorpio. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then she, <laughs> she, she had one of the more successful careers. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Careers out of, out of the main cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, I mean, nothing that anyone's going to really probably recognize her from. Maybe from that MTV show, Undressed. She was like, I played test. She had four episodes there, but just a lot of one-offs on random TV shows. However, Steve, she looked familiar to me. <laughs> okay. Do you know why? Uh, because she worked on a Star Trek video game. She worked on the Star Trek Starfleet Academy video game, Steve. I, I, I almost didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> but we have the one and only Star Trek connection. All right. For, uh, this Here it comes. Ah! Oh no! We just entered another Star Trek connection! Ah! But uh, you can't forget, or, or I would like to add, that uh, much like the other uh, uh, actress in this, uh, she was on the Weird Science TV series. Huh? Yeah, yeah, she was in Weird Science. Uh, had a one-off. Uh, I think the other one is in like two episodes, but... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so she stopped. She hasn't done anything since 2002. I assume she found this episode Religion. of Tech Teenage <laughs> Alien Fighters on Daily Motion like we did and then quit. <laughs> out of embarrassment. Um, speaking of moving on, we've got huh? I thought you were going to say speaking of quitting uh because of embarrassment, uh you should follow it up with the the K Jill Sorgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. K Jill Sorgan, the other uh female cast member, she plays Drew Vincent. Uh and uh her acting career, uh, as you mentioned, she was on Weird Science. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she was on Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters. We've already gone over half her acting credits. <laughs> <laughs> she was also on Saved by the Bell and California Dreams, uh, just like one-off parts. But yeah, she did this show, and that was it for her acting-wise. Um, Quick question for you. Did you ever watch California Dreams? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. Gotta, I, we should cover that one. I, I don't know... If if I'd say I liked it, but I watched it. 
I, I don't think I disliked it, but uh, it definitely, you know, it, it was by the same guy that made, um, Saved by the Bell. created uh, Saved by yeah. the Bell. It's a Peter Engel show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we should definitely cover it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got Richard Nason, who uh, plays uh, Gordon Henley. Oh, I, I didn't mention Drew's uh, Sentinel. Drew's Sentinel is Centaur. Mm. Uh, then we've, uh, like I said, Richard Nason, who he plays Gordon Henley, who is the Sentinel Taurus. Um, he stopped. He also doesn't have a lot of credits to his name. Uh, however, he plays himself in a documentary called We Gotta Get Buscemi. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, and it's uh, it follows Nick James on his three year quest to make a low budget film. OK, interesting. that's really weird. Anyways, uh, but yeah, outside of this, I mean, he was on a few random things on TV, uh, and then that was that. Mm-hmm. Nothing worth going over. Uh, strangely enough, it looks like his IMDb picture is very recent. So I suspect he's out there auditioning and doing terribly. Right. Um, what's that? I said, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> All right, then we've got Rug Williams. That's R-U-G-G Williams. Mm-hmm. That is his real name. Um, he plays, uh, yes, he plays, uh, Swinton Sawyer, who is Apollo is the Sentinel. Um, anyways, he did fared better than some of these other, uh, folks he acted with. He's gone into producing, uh, and directing. I mean, nothing super of note. It's weird. Um, Um, besides most of his, sorry to jump in there real quick. Uh, but most his IMDB looks like nothing but background work. I mean, yes. I assume that he must have a line because, like, I mean, there's really no reason to put background work on your IMDb. I mean, if that were the case, I would have a huge IMDb. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I just, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. It's, it was weird. It seemed like his career was going okay until he did this, and that it's been nothing but background <laughs> since. <laughs> right, because he, he was in 10 episodes of In the Heat of the Night, yeah. uh, which was a big show uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, but, uh, I mean, in some of these, he's definitely got like some stuff that's not background work that he did afterwards. Right. Um, he was a, uh, he, he, he was in two episodes, the same character in two episodes of Beverly Hills 90210. He was in two episodes of Family Matters. Uh, mm-hmm. and I actually remember, I, I, I remember him on Family Matters. <gasps> wow. Weird. It was, it, which, yeah, very weird. I cannot believe my brain has chosen to store that information. <laughs> Yeah, but yet you can't remember your mom and dad's birthday. Well, my dad, my dad's, I can. He was born on, uh, he was born on Christmas Day, so that one's easy. Wow. Um, he's Jesus. My father is Jesus Christ. <laughs> then we've got Ed Gilbert, who plays the voice of Emperor Gorganus. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's called Gorganus, by the way. Apparently, in uh, other episodes, uh, wow. so, yeah. But uh, anyways, Ed Gilbert, he's done a lot of voiceover work, some stuff on the Transformers. He was Blitzwing. He was also Thrust, the Transformers. Wait, wait. Uh, Thrust and Gorganus? Hmm. Where's this going? Interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was uh, also on Zorro. Uh, He did a voice on Zorro. Okay. Uh, But yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, uh, some live action. Uh, He was in, did you know he was in a Toxic Crusaders movie? No, no, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he uh, was pretty successful. His last um, credit is in 2011. I assume he's. Uh, yep, he died in 1999. Uh, so I don't know how he has a credit in 2011. Yeah. 
What what an actor! What they a just uh, AI'd his voice like they're doing with uh, James Earl Jones for Darth Vader. In, 20, in 2011, I don't think they did. But uh, I did notice that uh, Ed Gilbert was in a few things we've covered, like, like Bruno. Wow. Uh, he was in Duckman. Nice. Um, and uh, we haven't covered this, but he was uh, in quite a few episodes of The Tick. Oh, nice. Yeah. The 90s cartoon. Is the tick obscure enough for us to do? I think. Oh, wait. We already did a tick comic. So, yeah, we'll get around to that cartoon eventually. Sure. Uh, but anyways, uh, those are, like, really the main important people. There is David Lander, who does the voice of Lechner, which is kind of like this weird bird thing next mm-hmm. to uh, Emperor Gorganis. Uh, I thought the voice for Emperor Gorganis was awesome. Oh, I loved I it. I thought like, uh, he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I think... He, I would have liked to have he seen. He almost made me think it was well written. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I well, we'll get to it, but I really like the whole, just the whole interior of that evil lair or whatever. It's just all very, yeah. very B movie. Um, I'd like to just yeah. uh, throw in there that uh, the music, which I think might be one of the highlights of this show, is uh, done by uh, Michael Turner and uh, Stephen Griffin, and. Uh, for some reason. Oh, the other person I should mention, sorry, mm-hmm. Steve, before we move on, is Glenn Shaddix, who played the voice of Nimbar. Much like Ed uh, Gilbert, tons of voice acting credits. Uh, he, did, he played Otho, Otho in Beetlejuice. I don't remember mm-hmm. that character okay. at all. But, uh, yeah, Teen Titans. He's done a bunch of stuff. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess they, um, you know, they just basically composed all the music and... Uh... For some reason, I didn't write down the other stuff that they've done. So uh, let's just move on then. <laughs> Why we're so both so well prepared. For this, I, I uh, think we're probably more prepared than the actual show was when it premiered. Well, Steve, that bar is quite low. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that is a bar you need to um, dig. You need a shovel. Right. To, to dig up that bar. Um, some quick uh, trivia. Well, we already said that. Let's see. Um. While the show was uh, um, airing, the Leslie, who played uh, Laurie, she was writing and producing the movie The Whispering, which was her first time writing and producing. So if this uh, show teaches you anything, is that, you know, you should have other irons in the fire <laughs> while, yeah. you know, while you're working on something like this. Yeah, and now, Leslie, Dana is a household name <laughs> for her writing, right? Well, I mean, she's obviously the person who makes uh, that, the, what, the Danon bottled water? Or, like, I mean... Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. It was a reach. <laughs> it, it's, made, it's, it's made from the sweat that she excretes while watching uh, Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters. That's disgusting. That, I mean, why, why would anyone sweat while watching this? I guess because, because they're stressing she, out from her performance. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> All right. Her life is a is a nightmare. <laughs> so there are there is some actual uh, media of um of uh, alien fighters. I mean, despite the fact that man, if this video wouldn't have been up on Daily Motion, you and I would not be talking about the tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like I several there are several episodes up there for yeah. Reasons. I mean, I couldn't even find it on some of the less or some of the more lascivious sites that I go to sometime. Not even on archive.org. So apparently, someone salted the internet <laughs> to get rid of uh, uh, tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. But well, Le- Leslie doesn't want anybody else making sweat water, so it's probably uh, her eyes. <laughs> wow, great callback. <laughs> Um, but there is, and I would love to find this just to have it because who would have this on October 1st, 2013 Mill Creek entertainment 
released a complete series on DVD. So there are DVDs of alien fighters out there. Uh, keep a look out there, Obscurians, and send one our way. I'm pretty way. sure I saw it. I think I think I saw that it's still being sold on Amazon, actually. Okay. All right. So I guess it's not as uh, special as I thought. But uh, thanks for taking the wind out of my sails there, partner. <laughs> uh, I'm ha happy to help, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, go ahead. I, I don't want to get too much into my opinion on the show. All right. But go ahead. So uh, Richard, the guy who plays uh, Gordon, I guess he... <laughs> After this show, he had to go be a contestant on The Price is Right. There you go. Let me just uh, break down another sort of mirage in Hollywood. The people who are on those game shows are actors. There you go. Uh, so he was on The Price is Right, and Bob Barker got a... Nothing... You're, next thing you're going to tell me that WWE isn't real, Steve. It's all a work, man. <laughs> so, no, wait. MMA is a work. Pro wrestling is truth. Pro wrestling, uh, yeah. pro wrestling is the, real, the only real sport. Right, right. Uh, but Bob Barker, and he got a little chuckle out of discussing the show, I guess, on front of the camera. Uh, so, uh, all right. We are now into the first episode of Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. The theme song, it uh, just blast your ears. It has a real Saved by the Bell quality to it. I liked it. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. too, man. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it's good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't rock as hard as, say, maybe the Power Rangers one, but it's right, got right. some really, it's got that fun 90s cheese, and it is a little, uh, you know, it's got its, it, it still rocks, though, just not as hard as Power Rangers. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's catchy as hell. Absolutely. So uh, the sets and costume look typical. But, oh, yeah, we already talked about that. So interior. We're in a lab, evil lab-looking thing. Uh, Gorganis starts talking about a map that an alien-looking guy gives him. Uh, he's going First, he's going to reward the guy, but then gets angry and, with the worst special effects imagined, points a finger at the guy, and then the guy disappears. Uh, then he... Yeah, he, like, like shoots like a laser <laughs> yeah. at him. Yeah. It is awful it's like not even like lined it's supposed to be like shooting out of his finger mm -hmm. but it's like not quite lined up with his finger either oh these special effects are like fan film quality like possibly below fan film quality yeah but it's yeah. so bad that it's almost good i think <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah. he looks at earth and and steve mm -hmm. actually the map that the guy that the alien gives him mm -hmm. gives to gorganis is just a clear piece of plastic it's just like a, like a piece of plexiglass or something. There's nothing on it. Right. And the audience can clearly say there's nothing on it. And then he's like, oh, such and such. Uh, and I don't even understand how from this map he determines that he didn't kill, the alien didn't kill Nimbar for him. <laughs> so that's why, because that's why he ends up not rewarding him. Right. And Or, or he says he's going to change the terms of the reward. And the reward is now that he's going to be like in prison for 40 years or something. Yeah. Death Planet. In a classic Darth Vader fashion, he's going to alter the terms of the deal. That was it. Was that right? That's exactly the same thing I thought. Yeah. It was like kind of Darth Vader. Uh, so he looks at Earth on a view screen. He tells the puppet bird, which man, I loved that puppet bird. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of like uh, Jim Hansen or something. Uh, oh wait, no, I meant a uh, Chris Hansen. That's who it reminded me of. And, uh, <laughs> He tells the bird that the Earth is the key. Uh, I mean, at least he's not trying to mine it for resources. <laughs> and then he sends uh, the ninja bot, a.k.a. the samurai robot, 
to destroy Earth. Uh, what a what a what a freaking generic name, Ninja Bot. Oh, I know, I know. Like, I just I imagine the um, the two gems were just like, let's see how little we can get away with. Or wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if we just did as little work possible here? Um, I feel like there's a lot of like placeholder names mm-hmm. in this show, like from um, the name of the episode, the the name of the Sentinels. The name of the the monsters. Everything feels like a placeholder except for Gorganus and the name of the show. Yeah, I feel like I would say this is probably just a paycheck for these guys since they're pretty seasoned writers at this point. But I still feel like they're having a little bit of fun just sort of leaning into the B-movies that they probably watched when they were they were kids. Either that or they were looking at like Power Rangers and VR Troopers going, how can we make fun of this? <laughs> or make a show that's... It does like, it does feel like almost like a parody. Like, like if, you know, if I had never heard of this show mm. and I just saw like this, I would think it was like somebody doing a parody. Yeah. Uh, uh... Absolutely. Uh, you know, just like Biker Mice from Mars. Um... So uh, the samurai robot or ninja bot, whatever he is, um, he just magically appears on Earth. Again, they use the same... Well, he gets, like, teleported. Right, they, they use the same crappy effect that the guy used to make the other guy disappear. Um, he appears on Earth, and, of course, he's, like, uh, kaiju-sized. And um, <laughs> you know this because there's a little, uh, I don't know, power line in the foreground. Yeah, like... they have power lines and he's like towering <laughs> over the power lines. And I guess he's supposed to be like in the Grand Canyon or something like that. Did they he's even like... say? I thought they just threw him in some random deserted area that just has power they lines. They don't say, or... no. but like it's a very it's a very Grand Canyon looking area. Right. And I'm sure it's not the actual Grand Canyon. He's like destroying i don't even know what they're called like these giant rock formations you know mm, like mesas uh, or it's whatever awful. yeah yeah like, like he'd swing like his um sword mm. at them and like when they would explode the explosion would just be like a superimposed right like explosion oh, yeah. with like with a little bit of like the opacity like turned down sure and... I, I was making those effects in premiere in like the early 2000s <laughs> yeah yeah uh so yeah, he um, he uses the power. It's weird though. He doesn't even really use his sword to like knock down the power lines. He uses like the energy blast from the sword, and uh, it, it destroys the power lines. And I have to say though, the soundtrack was pretty rocking here. Um, mm-hmm. So what did you think of everything? The cold open, everything that we've seen up till now. I mean, I was. <laughs> It was definitely keeping my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that much yep. for it. It's just like absurd. Yep, uh, but um, you know, like you said, they do. They seem to kind of lean into the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least it comes off that way. So it's it's fun. Uh, I did think like when he destroys because like the ninja bot uses his sword laser to like destroy what I guess is supposed to be. I, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a city or a housing. You know what it looks? It looks like something from Total Recall. Yeah. Like like he like destroyed like like a living settlement on Total yeah, Recall. Yeah. But it's a miniature, and again, same crappy superimposed explosion. And yeah, well, what did you think at this at this job? Man, I am right there with you. Um, I loved uh, sort of the the Lord uh, Gorganus uh, intro. I really liked how that set was built and the lighting and everything. It uh, reminded me of Tetsuo the Iron Man, which is this messed up Japanese movie. Um, 
but uh, yeah, and then when they transferred the the ninja bot to destroy the thing, I was like, wow, this is this is so bad that I'm definitely enjoying it. So yeah, I think we're we're on the same page at this point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and and really excited. Uh, so uh, and the soundtrack was great. Now uh, now we are in Beverly Hills. They take they they show signs of the t- or shots of the typical Beverly Hills sign and Rodeo Drive, and now we're uh, they do that like three or four times. Sure, like, the... I get it. You're in Beverly Hills. <laughs> like uh, I was thinking, like okay, so obviously Beverly Hills was, I guess, a pretty sort of popular place, um, at least in the zeitgeist of America at this time. Uh, would right. you say that is probably because of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like America, at least as far as like shows for like geared at young people, whether you be like a kid to like a preteen and up to your like early to mid twenties, they were just like hyper focused on California. You know, like you mentioned, nine hundred two one zero. I mean, uh, Bay, I almost said Baywatch. Actually, yeah, doesn't yeah, Baywatch it's in, California. in California? Sure, yeah, there was um, a lot of like Saved by the Bell, yeah, pro California stuff in the nineties. California Dreams, yeah, and then you've got like movies like. Um, the one uh, Alicia Silverstone want clueless, like isn't she like a yeah. valley girl or something? Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. feel like that sort of trend has <laughs> kind of come, kind of come and gone. Um, but uh, yeah. but yeah. So anyway, we are in like what looks like a coffee house. It really looks like the interior of some like grandma's living room or something. I think they just took like a pre-existing set from a sitcom mm-hmm. and uh, just redressed it to look like some coffee house but it doesn't make sense because it it's laid out like a house there's like stairs right yeah (laughs) it's pretty hilarious uh so we see the soon-to-be smart member of the alien fighters swinton sawyer he's being uh lectured by his dad um he says that he um uh, swinton says that he refuses to work with other students his dad says he has to learn how to work with others and make friends and then just out of nowhere so i guess they're implying that his dad is a, a reporter is he a reporter or does he work for the government they were never really clear uh, it seems like he wor- no no no. he definitely works for like some kind of media mm-hmm. i don't know if it's tv or i like, think it's um, a newspaper you know, i think yeah but but he does like work for something like that because his son so basically what we're talking about is in this scene the dad out of nowhere basically it goes from zero to 60 uh and like two lines of dialogue he's like yes son you got to learn how to work with other people or you'll end up doing taking pictures like these and he he like (laughs) pulls out this picture of the ninja bot who the fuck took this picture oh yeah that's so funny because it's like if you don't make friends you're going to end up being a lonely conspiracy theorist is basically what he's saying right 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 and he's like this picture of ninja bot the picture is at eye level yet we're to believe ninja bot is taller than power lines right right uh you know like why not take the picture from like you know a perspective from down looking up to make him look you know even taller and, yeah but whatever it's really just uh, it's just a frame grab from <laughs> from when they yeah, were, yeah. From the fight yeah yeah and we've got pig dan 20 here in the chat he says howdy there thanks for joining uh yeah and then it's so weird like he's like or you'll end up taking pictures like these and then uh his son is like quentin's like or swinton excuse me is like <laughs> Oh, oh, you really think that's true, Dad, or something like that? And he's like, oh, I'm going to have somebody uh, fact check it, but it could be the end of the world. And they kind of like have a yuck, yuck about right. it, even though they're being serious. 
Remember when people so used to weird. fact check stuff? Boy, those are the days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Glad those days are behind us. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dad also, all right, after the whole uh, ninja robot picture fiasco, uh, he gives them, he's give, they talk about the list of the kids that he has to work with, but Swinton, he says the other kids aren't dedicated physics majors. I mean, and, and I'm with him. I, I've had this problem all through my academic career. People always trying to hang out with me, and they're just not dedicated obscurians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, by the way, isn't it weird that he's in high school, but he's a dedicated physics major? Yeah. He's a teenager? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess he means that that's what he's going to major. Right, right. Um, so he goes over the list, um, and uh, basically he sort of calls out and talks about you know, very briefly, the characters and their sort of motivation, which uh, isn't terrible. He talks about Gordon, which is the other male member, and he's only concerned about his image. So it's Gordon is supposed to be, as we're going to see, I guess the Zach Morris of the group. But man, <laughs> I don't know if they cast the right guy for that. And, um, and then they talk about Lori Foster, and he's like, oh, he's she's a cheerleader. And then uh, Drew Vincent, the other female, and he just says, oh, she's out to lunch. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to take it down a notch. That is like TV 14 talk. I mean, this. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, was well, she literally just out to lunch? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or are you telling me that, you know, she's like crazy? And uh, And then like thinking about this, I was like, I mean, even if he's like the biggest like nerdy nerd, like why would he not want to work with uh, those ladies? Because, you know they aren't the worst looking ladies to work with. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Pink Dan had said, I don't know which picture he was referring to. I think the one with them in the uh, Sentinel. What, what, what vinyl outfits, uh, latex outfits, but he said that, uh, that picture makes him want to rub himself in cake. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, now that's a true obscurian right there. Yeah, uh, reference to the end of the, the the surprisingly erotic end of the first episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. But yeah, um, back to tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, immediately we um, tr are transferred to someone's nice house. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be um, Gordon's. Did they ever say whose house? I think so. Yeah, okay. So the aforementioned uh, members of the midterm science project sit around a table. Uh, they're all drinking r out of red Pizza Hut cups. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those cups? As you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, I guess they, they were big in Beverly Hills, bro. I guess. Uh, and they're all asking where Swenton is. Um, and then he shows up, and uh, he asks, he's got, like, this big science project in his hands. He asks for the uh, help with the door. He doesn't give anyone any time to help him, and he just go ahead and uh, opens it with his uh, foot. And he's like, oh, thanks for the help, guys. And uh, he puts it on the table. And uh, he says he already started the project, and Drew is like, uh, it looks like you already finished it. And uh, Gordon is like, uh, he asked Stinson to explain the work because huh, he's the best communicator, so he's going to be explaining it to the, to the class. Uh, now, all right, so in this scene, or you were seeing uh, Gordon and uh, Swinton, Swinton interacting with one what another oh yeah i mean that's like uh you know it might as well be nerd linger um like yeah. super pulpy <laughs> like uh, I, i'm okay with it i'm okay with it but like 
I just love that the actor too, like his name is Rug. <laughs> and I was <laughs> and I was gonna say, do you think that those two roles uh, were maybe miscast? Like, you think Rug would be a better Gordon, and then the other guy would be a better Swinton? I could see it either way. I, I do think that the guy that plays Swinton uh, does a pretty good job. Yeah, oh, uh, he's he's fine. I'm just saying he looks like he would be uh, the popular guy compared to... Right, right. Yeah. Because the blonde guy that plays um, Gordon, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be, like I guess, like a really good-looking guy or something. Right. Uh, but the guy that plays Swinton is, like, better looking. And bigger. <laughs> and seems yeah, cool, like, yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, that was so. just something that crossed my crossed my mind. Uh, so Gordon reaches for the project. He's like, uh, it's like the classic, oh, what's this little thing do? And it causes Sawyer to freak out, and then he knocks something uh, out of the... Uh, out of the project. Well, no, he just touches it. Okay, okay. No, I think what happened was, like, Gordon just touches the project, and Swinton's like, don't touch it. And literally all he does is like graze his hand on it and it starts to like have all this electricity and shit. Yeah. And dude, okay, I have que- I have some questions about this project. Okay. So it like shoots out a beam, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which then creates some kind of white uh, energy bulb. Right, we don't know what to portal at first, mm-hmm. but it creates some kind of portal. Mm-hmm. And then <sighs> Swinton says not to touch the portal because this thing, hence his, his project, device is putting out gigawatts of power but he also had just explained that all it's supposed to do is measure the amount of secondhand smoke (laughs) in the air (laughs) see that that is comedy from our writers here like they uh they're having (laughs) they're having fun there they're just doing you know wacky you know mad science science yeah going on here yeah it's like a five thousand watt uh, device that just just checks on how much smoke is in there. It's basically a smoke detector that will run up your power. Bill. Right, right, right. Uh, and uh, and those uh, lightning effects you mentioned or electricity, total drag and drop lightning effects that came with Premiere yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So Drew asks Swinton what's happening. He says he doesn't know. The project was just supposed to tell people how much cigarette smoke was in the air. And uh, man, Swinton, Rug, shall we say, man, he hams it up real good. In fact, Mm -hmm. I will say that the people that probably care the most about this show is probably the cast. Like, um, I think everybody is at least trying their best, and they probably only have, like, one to two takes, (laughs) Uh, which makes for a really hammy performance, which uh, I'm enjoying. Um, Yeah, Gordon in particular, like, whenever like he's scared anytime he's afraid or doesn't understand anything like he's so over the top and he's got some great uh little one-liners um as uh we're gonna see here in a bit so uh lori uh the adventurous one of the group and by that i mean she experiments sexually a lot um says (laughs) that they should study it then she and sawyer um sawyer swinton well, I, th- I think you're i think you're thinking of drew the blonde oh yeah uh, my mistake yeah drew this is very important to get correct. absolutely <laughs> they get uh they get sucked in and that leaves uh gordon um and the other lady um uh they go to leave but um she says that they need their help uh, gordon says he better get extra credit for this and then he, he jumps in it's <laughs> so cheesy i love it uh, yeah. So this is very confusing to me, though, because then the portal takes them to 
Nimbar's lair. Nimbar mm-hmm. is the good alien that's, you know, uh, trying to, let's, trying to uh, let's the... be specific here. He is a tub of goo. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and, um, yeah, so he's not a humanoid alien, which I actually appreciated that they didn't go with a humanoid alien thing. Is it good looking? Does it look good? No, no. He's just like a big round tub of kind of gelatinous goo mm. that has an arm that sticks out of it. But see, that's but we'll so that. cheesy B-movie that I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, judging the one alien that we saw earlier talking to Garganus, like, how bad that alien looked, mm. I think they made the right call. Oh, but oh, um, the weird thing is, like, so they go through this portal. It takes them to Nimbar's lair. However, didn't it? weren't they, like, implying earlier that it was Swinton's science experiment that made the portal appear? But then Nimbar's like, oh, I summoned you. I made the portal. Yeah, I think you uh, found a plot hole. <laughs> I mean, he could have... Steve. What's up? On IMDb, there's a whole continuity department for the show. <laughs> like, how? How? I don't think they cared. I, I don't think they cared. <laughs> Deke had already... Uh, they cut their salaries in half. And, uh, yeah, they were just like, oh, whatever, dude. Um or the or they did the old hey it's a kids show who cares that's probably what they said. Um, Steve, do you want to know how many script supervisors slash coordinators were on this episode? Do tell. Seven. <sighs> wow. <laughs> so two writers, seven script coordinators slash supervisors, and they somehow still like have like this these crazy like weird problems anyway anyways it doesn't speaking matter. of okay. script supervisors yeah here okay so i can live with um you know sort of continuity errors or plot holes in a show like this but when the energy goes down and it starts to drag which it's about to that's what i start having a problem and basically mm. we are in the section of the uh, episode which basically should just be called uh, the exposition zone um and uh so yeah let's just talk through it and you'll see what i'm talking about um so they appear in the cheesiest looking backyard lab set ever uh there's fog everywhere and then there's a talking uh, tub of goo as we said who i thought initially sounded a lot like Giancarlo esposito um, and that's uh, Nimbar, and he says he's the head protector of power portals uh, and counselor to the Galactic Sentinels. Like, there's just, they layer on so much backstory here. Uh, it's like, yeah. it's just hilarious. Um, he brought them there on purpose and begins to fill us in on the backstory. On the view screen, he shows us uh, power, uh, Emperor Gorganus and the, of the planet Moleculon. He sent his alien mercenaries to destroy his planet and the uh, Alpha Galaxy. He's the only one who stands in his way. He wanted the map of the power portals, but then Garganus got it. And that map is the uh, clear sheet of paper that we talked about earlier. Uh, (laughs) The power portals allow beings to transverse the universe in an instant. And Earth is, of course, Earth is the focal point of, of all the power portals. Did I get all that information right, Yahel? Yes, yes, you did, Steve. <laughs> you, you have expertly uh, um, told us about the, the lore that gets uh And this part takes forever. Like, they yep. didn't even really 
show us anything else on that little view screen like they if they actually had a budget they could have shown us like what actually happened back then and that would have been way more interesting than the uh, uh the the teenagers just standing there and listening to a tub of goo um expose his backstory but uh anyway yeah. he says he summoned them to fight the emperor and gives them way cool tattoos <laughs> was this was it was this a little erotic? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> These little... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was erotic, <laughs> but uh, it was definitely weird. Like, this, like, hand arm thing comes out of the... The slimy gooiness? puppet, like, tentacle comes out of Nimbar yeah. and, like, basically caresses the uh, arms of the uh, of the alien fighters and gives them a tattoo. Um, the worst tattoo you've yeah. ever seen. And the thing is, like, that killed me is, like, the logo for Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters for the show is actually kind of cool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's pretty decent for the time. Mm -hmm. But that's not what they get tattooed on. <laughs> <laughs> they just get like a weird triangle. Right. Uh, actually, uh, you know, using a, a tentacle and slime to apply tattoos, I hear that's how Ed Hardy got his start. Um, oh. mm -hmm. and, and so basically, he's like, You're now Galactic Sentinels, and you have to go out there and uh, fight that robot ninja. So they step on to the um, transport portals, which are basically just discs on the ground, and they are immediately transported back to Earth to fight the robot ninja. Um, and uh, and they're, at the time, they also get transformed into their alter egos. But before they disappear, they have to say the name of their... Uh, of the uh, zodiac symbol that they represent um with well but the thing is like they have to make up their own name like because nimbar is like oh you have to like create your own name no no he, which somehow he says he says that it's awarded to them based on their zodiac symbol he, he says that oh yep. really yep but 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 they're not using zodiac symbols. yeah yes they are taurus centaur or wait no not zodiac constellations i'm sorry constellations yeah i think yeah, yeah, yeah i was my, gonna say my uh, mistake my mistake um so yeah, they all have to say their name. Uh, you know, it's basically their version of it's Morphin Time, and, and then they disappear. Right. And like I have to say, when I was uh, seeing that image that's been uh, floating around in the Obscuratron, that's basically like the um, you know the cover, not this one here, the other one where they're like standing and they're in their uniforms and like uh, for some reason the girls are like standing sideways and like looking forward or whatever. I was like. Uh -huh. I was like, wow, like these guys are, are ripped. Like uh, they're gonna, I could see they really wanted to give the Power Rangers a run for their money. And I was like, where did they find teenagers who like worked out that hard back in the nineties? And then when they appeared, I was like, oh, they're just stunt people or fitness models or something wearing yeah, yeah. wigs. And the funny thing is like, they, they, you know, dub over the actor's voices, like, like uh, the one that, um, is named oh my god what is her name uh, the, the one in the blue uh well the teal scorpio outfit. or yeah yeah scorpio the 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 leslie character mm -hmm. any or the Lori character anyways she says something like it would have taken years to work out yeah. working out to get this buff <laughs> yeah. or something like that yeah yeah and then gordon says the guy's supposed to be like the the handsome jock mm -hmm. he's like oh if i had muscles like these i'd be set at the beach yeah yeah oh and there was a um a fun line here that i missed um Gordon says that he, or not Gordon, but uh, Nimbar says that he chooses those who work well together. And uh, Swinton is like, I don't even take PE. 
and uh, I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, I also left out man when he explains the uh, transo discs and how they work, man, it's just a bunch of like scientific jargon just all thrown together that makes no sense. Yeah. Let's see, I, uh, transactional time space regenerator disc that will transfer all the knowledge of the galactic sentinels uh, into them and um, yeah, basically bada bing bada boom, they are now a uh, super team. And uh, so yeah, like it's quite obvious that the, um, you know, they're stunt people wearing wigs and like, and this is where sort of a, I would say it's definitely a disappointment to the alien fighters compared to the rest of the Power Ranger ripoffs is their outfits are so awful. Um, and it just mm -hmm. looks like they look like American gladiators on crack uh, or maybe not crack, yeah. but uh, what's a different drug? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I there know. you go. Or acid. Uh, even better. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I was looking at it and I was just like, what were they what were they thinking? Okay, so it would look because uh, originally when I thought the actual actors were were in there, I was like, why do they put that weird thing over their mouth? Because it makes them look like weird, like zipper mask gimps or something. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, they have to put that there so the actors can then voice over them because Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But all in all, I will say that their costumes are absolutely terrible. Like. <laughs> I think they <laughs> yeah. are the worst in all of the Power Ranger ripoff universe. Um, I don't know, maybe because they didn't have Japanese costumes to rip off, but man, it's just just the most basic. Like, hey, we found some American gladiators' outfits. Let's paint them up and then give them like a weird like gimp mask or something. And uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, but all right, I. And Steve, I, I have another question mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't make something else that doesn't make any sense. So, when they first turn into their muscle-bound sentinels, mm -hmm. they do it at the lair, at Nimbar's lair. Then they get transported, mm -hmm. right? Um, but Samurai Bot or, or Ninja Bot, mm -hmm. excuse me, uh, he's taller than Powerline, so he's mm -hmm. huge. And when they get transported there, they're also huge. They're like the same size as the Ninja Bot. Right. So how? <laughs> And when did that happen? Like so, I guess the transo discs also make them huge. Uh, they just didn't bother to mention that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I need a. We need like uh, they need an episode where Rick Moranis uh, comes <laughs> in and explains. This I was going to say uh, Stephen Hawking, but I like yours better. Um, no, no, no. I want to. I want a honey. I blew up the kids. Situation. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Uh, um, so yeah, another thing that I was a little disappointed with, but I mean, since this is obviously a you know 22 minute kids show, of course they magically know all the moves. They didn't have to do any training or anything like that. That's just one thing I hate in media. Well, Nimbar did explain that. Right, he did. He... That that you know they would know it would be right, right. to them. So I mean, there's there's an explanation of sorts. So describe to me good... how this fight plays out i mean you don't have to be specific but what you what can you remember i uh, <laughs> what do you remember i i remember a few kicks to stomachs mm -hmm. uh i remember the, the everybody shoots a laser at some mm -hmm. point from their weapon all of the uh tattoo teenage alien fires all the sentinels um 
And that's kind of what I remember. A lot of uh, you left. I would say you left out flips. There was a lot of flipping. Oh yes, a lot of flipping. Yes, that's right. Um, a lot of there were like back handsprings to avoid, uh, you know, right strikes from Ninja mm-hmm. Bot. Um, but yeah, pretty slow, pretty plotting. Uh, I didn't. I thought it was pretty yeah. Even compared to like Power you know Power Ranger choreography. It was not very good, and I especially expected more from the director of Ninja Two. But hey, maybe he was just getting, uh, you know, maybe he was just getting started back then. Uh, so they defeat uh, Ninja Bot um, as uh, as Gorganis looks on, and then he just well, hold on, they turn in. Oh uh, no, wait, that's it's coming, part. it's coming, it's coming up. Oh, okay. So uh, Gorganis, he. Um, he looks on, and then now he's just like, oh, I'm going to increase NinjaBot's power. And so that magically brings him back, and then they form Nitron, That's which true. actually looks kind of cool, I'd say. It looks like something Rob Liefeld would have designed, <laughs> like, in his er- early days. <laughs> There's a lot of chrome yeah, on him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, I... Does it make sense, though, for, for him to turn into, like, a medieval knight? No. Is that like... <laughs> no. And uh, <laughs> I have an update. Uh, remind me when we get through to the end of, uh, of Rob Liefeld being uh, very uh, vindictive and evil as he likes to be. Uh, or maybe not evil, but just very vindictive. But um, uh, So I, I think he looks kind of cool. And then they, uh, you think there's going to be like even more martial arts, but there really isn't. Nimbar tells him to use the special sword. And just like that, they win. Then they go back to Nimbar's, and now they're back to normal. Uh, Nimbar said, I thought the, the end of the fight was kind of uh, very anticlimactic. But, uh, I mean, what yeah. can you expect? I guess they just wanted to be like, hey, by the way, they can turn into this Right, thing. right. They have to have their version of the Megazord. Um, so right. Nimbar says he will summon them with the tattoos. Um, and then now we're back with uh, Gorganis again. And they have to keep their identities a secret because otherwise mm-hmm. uh, Gorganis will kill them and their friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are his exact words. Murder. Uh, yeah. But, uh, of course, you think Gorganis is upset? No, he's not phased. <laughs> he wants... It's funny. The writers want us to know that he's already reprogrammed NinjaBot so he can use him over and over and over again. Yep. And no one will yep. stop him. So uh, now we're back in the coffee house. The gang uh, chats. Uh, Swinton's dad shows up and notices they're all getting along. I'll have to say I appreciate the character arc. It's not much, but I appreciate it. Uh, dad says the photos of the ninja bot were fake. Just just like that. He just throws them out. No big deal. Yeah, he says like his fact checker verified that they're fake. This fact checker yeah. sucks. <laughs> he must work for Trump. Uh yeah, Ooh, ah, yeah. Take topical. topical. Yeah. Um, so they, th- this is a weird sort of um, point here, which actually kind of makes sense. But since nothing else has really made sense, I thought it was odd that they uh, threw it in there in sort of breakfast club kind of fashion. They, they're talking about whether they should hang out in school or not. And then like, no, nah, we probably shouldn't because you know, then they'll realize that we're the, you know, they're the alien fighters. And then as uh, Swinton's dad is like, I owe you guys dinner since you're all getting along now. Like, you know, let's go, whatever. Then they get a call to action on their tattoos and they all give poor old Swinton's dad an excuse. 
and he goes yeah. home and does cocaine and cries alone, and they go off to probably fight the ninja <laughs> bot again. <laughs> the end. And dude, didn't they just get back from like a fight yeah. and he'd already been summoned? <laughs> I know, it's great. I love it. It's so stupid. So, so Steve, there was one little bit of trivia that this will um I, I think uh, you know, fans of wrestling from the Attitude Era will appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um there is a writer. I don't know which episodes he did, mm. but um, he did three of them uh, on Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters, who used to be one of the head writers for uh, Monday Night Raw back in the day. Nice. And then he also went with Russo to WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Ferrara. Oh, whoa, him? Uh, <laughs> he worked on this? Yeah, he wrote three, <laughs> he wrote three episodes of this uh, show. So, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, all right. Is there anything else to add? I, I don't think so. Uh, you know what I wish they would have added is a little bit more money to the budget. Yeah, but, absolutely, uh, and maybe a little bit more to the plot. But uh, all right, well, uh, let's run the bumper and uh, end this puppy. So uh, what's your uh, Zodiac symbol? I'm going to call you by it, even though it has nothing to do with this. Well, as I do with Zodiac, I know. Just uh, tell me, what is it? Uh, constellations. Oh God! Uh, call, call me Big Dipper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Dipper. Um, <laughs> you know why aren't any of them called Orion? That's like the best named constellation. But anyway, all right. Okay. Uh, actually, Stephen, there is one called Orion, uh, but he appears later on. He's only in twenty episodes. Mm-hmm. The. Uh, so this is really weird. I, I read up about this. So a character shows up named Rick. Mm. That's his quote unquote real name. He's from he's an alien named Rick. His planet was destroyed by Gorgano and uh, Gorganus, and he was a Sentinel fighter himself. I guess he sucked. Uh, <laughs> and everybody else on his Sentinel team got killed mm. by Gorganus. So he's the only one that survived. I don't know. Maybe he's a coward and he left the fight. But he uh, basically spends his like life just drifting from planet to planet. Uh, happens on Earth. He like falls for Drew, mm. which is Centaur, the blonde one. Anyways, his Sentinel's name is Orion. Oh, there you go. That must be their uh, White Ranger, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. Well, uh, thank you for that, uh, for the input. But uh, all right, Agent Sentinel, whatever you are, Big Dipper. Do you think the tattooed yes. teenage alien fighters uh, from Beverly Hills should be remembered for all of human history? were tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. I'm going to say keep it. <laughs> I'm say keep it. It's not good, uh, but it's like, it, it's, it definitely is like, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say like, it's so bad it's good, but it's definitely like that at times. I saw somebody, um, one of the user reviews or somewhere, described it as the room of power oh, i saw that too yeah and uh yeah and I, I think that's pretty accurate i wanted this to read this to reach like baywatch nights level of so bad it's good Me too. but it never quite got there at least with this episode but uh but i definitely had a good time watching it and i definitely would like to save it as well I wish there would have been more going on in the middle. Like, again, I already you know, mentioned that they just sort of stand around talking about the backstory, which is like the worst way to talk about your backstory. I mean, you could at least do a walk and talk or something like I, I, But I know they didn't have the money for that. But 
what they did have the money for i really enjoyed so tattoo teenagers <laughs> tattoo teenagers I can't even say it anymore. Tattooed teenage, teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Shall be remembered. In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. All right. Steve, what's uh, up? There's an episode of the show with Zsa Zsa Gabor. Yeah, because kids love her. They can't get enough of the Zsa. As, as Zsa Zsa Gabor. I mean, who else <laughs> is she going to play, really? Uh... I guess, but that's just so uh, random. And I did the other little thing that I, I guess I did have stuff to add. The last thing I have to add is like there's an episode where I later on, and it seems like later on they kind of lean even more heavily into weirdness. Mm, nice. And. I guess, like, the thing is, like, they're having some kind of dream, like, together. They're all trapped inside of a dream. And they realize that they can imagine whatever they want. And one of them doesn't believe that Gordon doesn't believe that they're all in this dream. And they're like, just think of whatever you want and it'll happen. It's a dream. So he closes his eyes and he thinks about what he wants to see. They say, think about what you want to see. And what ends up happening is Leslie, uh, the brunette, her clothes come off and she's just standing there in her underwear. <laughs> Yeah, why? This makes about as much sense as having Elvira visit the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah, and, and then the blonde girl's response drew her response to this. She goes, hinky, which she says a few times during the show. I guess it's supposed to be like her way of saying cool or something. She says kinky? Uh, hinky. H-I-N-K. Wow. Man, the 90s were a special, special time. Uh... Yeah. Well, uh, all right. I'll, I'll have to keep my eye out for that uh, that DVD set someday. Uh, hopefully, I can find it like at a flea market someday or something. But uh, other than that, uh, that is it for our show this week. Uh, make sure you check us out uh, every Sunday is where you continue to discuss uh, weird stuff like this. Uh, subscribe. Why not? What have you got to lose? Uh, tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, look us up on uh, Twitter and, of course, uh, TikTok. And uh, I'm going to end this with the um, Escape to Earth promo. And um, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Uh, no, if you're going to try to look us up on, uh, you know, the websites, the social media uh, platforms that Steve mentioned, look for Reptilian Media. That's it. And uh, if you happen to want to buy a comic book, it helps out this show quite a bit. But if not, no worries. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I'm having a weird, weird day. My name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my way. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. <laughs> Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Oh, Cut me loose, behind you. Whoa! Ah! Thought I was done for. 
is gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then, she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Escape to Earth. 36 pages of insane dinosaur action. Issue 1, available now at reptilianmedia.bigcartel.com. Featuring a variant cover by Sean Forney. Act now while supplies last. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.